Hi, this is Andrew. Before we get started on today's show, it would really help us if you could go to wherever you get your podcast from and like and subscribe, and if possible, leave us a five-star review. Thanks. In yoga classes for children, you have the biggest scope and opportunity for the child to embrace the activity as an individual. Let it be a game, let it be an animal, a plant, a tree. I've been teaching kids for 12 to 15 years and I still get surprised. There's never a dull moment and you don't get two of the same classes even if I bring the sea world or um, desert adventure and it's it's pretty much the same class because we go through the same set or sequence but you never have two classes that are the same even if you do them with the same kids, because the day is different. The time of the day might be different. The mood they're in is different. The energy is different. So there's always opportunity for growth and, and exploration. And also, if you repeat the same sequence to an extent, they've also mastered it. They've learned from it, and they might end up teaching you. Hi and welcome to Let's Listen with Kieran McBreen. My name's Andrew and I'm here with Kieran today. How are you, mate? I'm great, Andrew. Thank you. And today we've got Carla and this is yoga for children. And I didn't think this was a thing. Yeah, you know, Carla's thinking outside the box here, Andrew. She's using her um, her expertise from her teaching days and her love for yoga. And she's combining them both. Her idea here is to develop the child emotionally, develop the child through through play and through movement. What really fascinated me is that there's a link between whether a child moves and how a child moves and how good they are at maths. And I was, that blew my mind. Well, look, Andrew, you go into a school in today's society and you'll see some amazing things happening in the classroom. Massive creativity. We're more knowledgeable now from a developmental and behavioural perspective. So there's lots of different ways to to get into the mind of a child and connect that child with learning. So it doesn't always have to be in the classroom. Fantastic. And talking about people who are no longer in classrooms, tell us about how the business is going. It's going great, Andrew. Thanks. Yeah, loving it. Um, you know, busy, very busy, which is great. Look, I'm just in a very lucky situation where the environment I'm in, there's lots of opportunities around. And look, as I said to many people who, who want to come to Dubai, you know, if you're good at what you do, if you're willing to work hard, you will create opportunities. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Now, talking about opportunities and shameless plugs, if people want to get in touch with you for either a book, one-to-one coaching, corporate coaching, or the videos on demand, what's the way to do that? Yeah, my website, andrewcmbcoachingandtraining.com or my social media handle, at cmbcoachmcbrain. And this is Carla. Carla, how are you today? I'm very well, thank you. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. We've got Carla Julian here from Move On Yoga. Carla, what is your topic? My topic is yoga, especially focusing on yoga for children. Fantastic. Well, Carla, the floor is yours. Tell us all about it. I've been practicing yoga for over 20 years. I injured my right knee. I had a really bad accident, roller skating. I was very poorly and uh, and not in a very good mood. So somebody suggested that I, I went to yoga and it worked really well. I fell in love with the whole idea of how very, very slowly yoga can help you recover, get better on a physical, emotional level. I went further and, and studied yoga as a certified teacher. And, uh, and then I started introducing it to schools. I realized how important yoga became in a school community because of the sense of connection, the sense of community, the sense of safety that it brought into children. 
I'm talking uh, mainly secondary school kids in in an inner London school. So yoga became a routine for us on a Thursday, very early morning. There were a lot of dancers. There were a lot of athletes. It was a, a very highly academic as well as highly sports focused uh, center. And yoga became seriously beneficial for for everybody. But for the most part, and for the most interesting for me, it became an academic success because the children were a lot more focused and stress-free by the time we were coming into lessons. And that included me too, because I was also facing a full day of teaching. I later on transferred all of those skills to nursery level, in fact, and I changed from English to French because a very good friend of mine opened a French nursery in Southeast London. So we had Mofos Swanson Yoga. And it was really cute. And that meant also transferring linguistic skills into physical literacy. Some children in that nursery were French or mixed. They did impressive progress in, in their commands, in, in the listening skills, in their ability, in the confidence, in the body strength, the flexibility. Again, listening skills, concentration, focus. So then you have to include all of the benefits that we already know yoga has to offer but when you're looking at such a tiny little body and such a tiny little mind experiencing all of these learning opportunities and also at the wrong pace because there's no set expectation you're just there to enjoy yourself and have fun and for kids it really is play yoga at that age so you play the animals or you play nature you discover the flowers, you discover the colors, you, you learn to express through, I don't know, breathing exercises and, and you make bubbles. So that's using a lot of imaginative forms and, and creative forms that a child will kind of never forget. And it's immersing in a world of imagination and like endless opportunity for the child as well to express. So sometimes when we go into, it's very interesting as well, when we go into um, expressing emotions or identifying feelings, if you're doing, I don't know, crocodile and it's the hungry crocodile, because normally that's what the crocodile does. The crocodile just goes around eating. It's a reptile. So crocodile eats, sleeps, produces. So you ask them, how's your crocodile feeling today? Or your crocodile sleeping? And your crocodile's about to wake up and your crocodile is hungry. What's your crocodile want to do? What's your crocodile want to eat? Oh, my crocodile is feeling sad today. He wants to eat a cake. Oh, my crocodile is feeling happy today. He wants to eat a chicken. Oh, my crocodile wants a pizza today. He wants to go dancing. So they associate certain foods to certain activities because a pizza is more of a celebratory thing, right? Like you go out with your friends, you have a pizza. And if you're feeling sad, you have a piece of cake to cheer you up. You have some sugar. I don't know. It's it's funny. And I mean, every child is, is completely different. Some might not actually even associate to that level yet. But those who do, it's hilarious where you all of a sudden can, can have someone who is doing the whale and I explain to them the whales breathe through the back so they have a nose in the middle of their back just behind their head and they go shh and they make the sound. So it's a breathing exercise as well to release, to decompress and go shh, shh. And you're also a whale in the middle of the ocean so you're having all these sound waves. And all of a sudden they go, oh, my whale is tired, it's sleeping. So it sinks to the bottom of the sea and it just go really quiet and sit there in stillness. It's like you realize you're in the bottom of the ocean, you need to come back again to breathe again. Oh, okay. And they go back slowly up again, like, shh. 
So it's funny how every child interacts, but I recently read, and I completely agree with this article was presenting in yoga classes for children, you have the biggest scope and opportunity for the child to embrace the activity as an individual, let it be a game, let it be an animal, a plant, a tree, and, and express because everybody's going to feel the whale in a different way. Maybe you're a big whale, maybe you're a baby whale, maybe a whale is sleeping, maybe a whale is hungry, maybe a whale doesn't want to be a whale today. It's just endless. And I've been teaching kids for over 12 to 15 years, and I still get surprised. There's never a dull moment and you don't get two of the same classes, even if you do them with the same kids, because the day is different. The time of the day might be different. The mood they're in is different. The energy is different. So there's always opportunity for growth and, and exploration. And also if you repeat the same sequence to an extent, they've also mastered it. So they've learned from it and they might end up teaching you. Oh, it all sounds fascinating and wonderful. I, I love I love the phrases you've used. You know, I, I love inquiry based learning. I love students being curious um, and imaginative and really looking into their emotions. You know, I think it's really important. It's a really creative way of, of, of teaching something and getting students and young people to express themselves. And you mentioned cognitive focus improves, stress levels improve. Essentially, learning is better. So, my big question to you is. What's stopping all schools do this and have a curriculum on it? I know, we're getting there, we're getting there. Many countries have approved heads of yoga and they have their own budgets approved and, and, and moving on and forward. The UK has a huge committee. It's gone to members of parliament and some of my teachers actually and colleagues. I'm very proud of them and have taken on this movement, let's call it a movement, to bring yoga to schools. Many schools have actually adapted or adjusted their curriculum in physical literacy or PE, and they have included yoga. Also on a preventative level for those who are very much into competitive sports, yoga is not competitive and yoga will prevent the children from getting injured on all levels because the way you're working with your left and your right side of the body keeps you balanced keeps your mind balanced, keep you, keeps your brain balanced because you're forcing yourself to work to the opposite side. So if you're a great, I don't know, tennis player or basketball player or, or footballer, you're going to work with your strength. So your strength may be your right or your left side, but not the other. So you're going to overperform with your strength. You're not going to ever train as hard because you will never get there. That's not your strength. You're not built like that. But what you want to enhance is to keep the body as balanced as possible. You will always strike with your right and that will be your talent. And that that's how you score goals. And that's the whole point in, in such a sport, in a competitive sport, such as football, for example, or tennis, if you're hitting with a very explosive, so then the body tears. And unfortunately, the body injures at times. In yoga, if you train sensibly and you're teaching the kids how to manage their body and again, to understand that everybody is different, you're working with flexibility, you're working with breathing control, you're working with mobility in the joints, you're working with strength in, in minor muscle groups to keep your balance. So even if your left leg is never going to be as good or as strong as your right, it's going to get better and it's going to be there for you. 
So it's only going to enhance your right side even more so. Okay. So you can transfer these skills from the football field or, or the tennis court to the classroom because some people are very much into a, let's say, scientific brain, or some people are very much so into a, let's say, artistic or creative brain. And then some other subjects just don't click. It just, it just doesn't go in because it's too technical or because it's too open, it's too creative. You require a lot of like room for expression and creativity and, and, and a lot of people just don't have that because it's not possible. Their brain wasn't built like that, but because you're using your left and your right side of the body, it means you're using your opposite side of the brain. So eventually you level a little bit and maybe the math becomes just a little bit more accessible or maybe the art becomes just like, oh, I'm going to try some colors and I'm going to open up like some art pieces for some kids are almost like you can't see them. And it's like, is this your art book? And I don't want to show it to you because it's so embarrassing because they're not an artist. But all of a sudden, you know, some colors might actually appear and, and, and the art piece might become a little bit like something you can actually see. The child might never be an artist, but at least he might be a bit prouder of his work and be more aware of the fact that there is color in the world and then you can use it. So it's leveling um, left and right side of the brain. All of this research, it has been there for years and there's only more and more and more, and there will be more and more because we've, we've actually brought kids yoga from a nursery level to a school level. And we continue to kind of break through those walls. Like when I first started, it was like, what do you mean children's yoga? Yoga is hard enough for adults, let alone children. No one's going to be able to do yoga. Like no kid's going to sit down there and, and do yoga. It's like, well, we actually don't sit down there. We, we do move a lot because precisely kids move very fast. So you have to move with them. You have to keep them, you know, going. You have to move to their speed. speed. You have to uh, adjust to the children's brain and to the children's needs. Maybe that is the most challenging part. You have to adjust to the child's expectations. Exactly what I was going to come in with because I'm sold. You know, I love what you do and I love your social media and I love the idea. And, and from an elite athlete perspective, you know, so many athletes out there are implementing yoga in their, in their training programs. For those people who are maybe not sold, Carla, for those people who maybe Look at it from a stereotypical perspective of, oh, it's, it's moms who do yoga, boys, men don't do yoga, kids don't do yoga. Now, how do you sell it to them? What's What What can we say right now that's going to say, you know what, I'm going to try this next week? Just come and give it a go. Try for yourself. I mean, there's, there's always an aspect of getting out of your comfort zone. Maybe that's what's it for you. Like the art piece, the, the child who doesn't want to share the art piece because he knows it's not good enough. It's, it, you know, you just can't call that art. Yoga is not competitive and there's no judgment. So you can just come and try for yourself. And then I can assure and I can guarantee you're going to feel better regardless of your age, regardless of your ability, Regardless of who you are, it really doesn't matter because it's yoga. It really doesn't matter. So you can do a tree pose in so many ways. Uh, you don't even have to have a good balance. There's always a wall. There's always an option. That's the thing as well as yoga. You always have endless options in such thing as tennis or, or football. It's competitive. So you have to get your points. There's a score system. You have to score your goals or get your points or else the, the game is over. You, 
that's it. Either you got it, or you, you got there, or you didn't get there. Um, but in yoga, there's always something. I mean, you tried, you showed up, so that's a plus. But in yoga, um, there are so many options that you can try to get you into a pose, to get your body to benefit from that pose in the exact same way that somebody who's been practicing for much longer does. And you'll be surprised at how much more you can do, even if you've never done yoga before, even if it, you know, it was once 25 years ago that you attempted a yoga class. There is always a way, and, and the best way for beginners is if you have kids, come to a kid's yoga class, because then you can be a kid yourself. <laughs> it matters even less so, because nobody cares. You're there with your kid, and all you care about is you and your kid having fun. So you're doing yoga together. And if your child, because they're also far more flexible, and the quicker at grasping the imaginative side of embracing yoga, so being a crocodile, you might say, that's cheap. Who is a crocodile? Well, it's play. So you have to come with, you know, that mindset of we're going, we're going to a play class and we're going to play yoga. So we're going to be a crocodile. We're going to be a snake. We're going to be, it's all the yoga poses, but they're animated. So it's just fun. And then when you're with your kids as well, it means you have a partner. So you can do partner poses together. So that's teamwork. It's team building. And just to be clear on that for our listeners, Carla, the, the, the parents aren't sitting on the side, right? They're actively involved in the session. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You go together uh, to be actively involved. You, you don't go together to sit and watch. It's a group class in which you attend with your child. So we normally do this with mom. So we do mom and me yoga. And we also do it with dads and we do dad and me yoga. It's that concept of spending time together. Again, great for beginners. It was just Father's Day gone. And it was um, it was also a, a very beautiful coincidence. It was International Yoga Day as well. So we had a bunch of dads and they were all beginners. So I said, great, you're in the right spot because the kids are beginners too. So you can be at the same level as your child. Doesn't matter the age gap. There was no age gap. There was just a gap in height. And everybody had so much fun. We didn't stop laughing. I'm still laughing today. And this was, you know, four or five days back. It was just brilliant because everybody is a child. There's no judgment. You don't need to be flexible. If you're reaching up, you're reaching up. You're, you're getting your stretch. You're getting the same benefit as I am. Maybe I reach up a bit higher because my body's conditioned for this. I've been training for a very long time, but it doesn't matter. Who cares? You know, you're there, you're there for the fun, you're there for your child. The, the bonding opportunity with your kids is priceless. And, and the memories you build and the connection you build, because you have to work together a lot. It requires a lot of focus and a lot of coordination in between the two. Or else you have to renegotiate and make it work. And sometimes it's transferable to, to home. Sometimes you don't understand each other, even though you're in the same world. And, you know, you're kind of family directly related and there's just no understanding because there's no cohesion in personalities or, or the communication is not there, or you just don't unfortunately spend long enough together. So this is a great opportunity to do something fun, to do something together with your kids, to learn yoga, to learn about your body, to decompress, to stretch, to de-stress. De and it's also a great opportunity to get to know your kids better on an active level. 
because you also see them in you. The child is only a reflection of who you are because you are the parent. Sometimes that is also a learning opportunity for a parent on a parenting level or for an adult on a parenting level. Uh, but then we go more into psychology. But, but that's very, very interesting too. That's, that's really fascinating. Um, and the kids love it. And the kids are so proud. The kids were so proud last week because it was dad's day and they were having a lot of activities in school and dads were coming through and, and they were just so happy. It was just like such a happy moment and brilliant. So, uh, so we do these classes as often as we possibly can. We've been building, especially mom and me, because I get yoga is for moms. Moms do yoga. I don't know where that came from, but I hear all the time. And it's so true. It, it just became such a cliche. And I love the fact that moms do yoga. I think it's because they get some space. They breathe. They decompress. They're in the peace and quiet. But that's a complete different class. There's also a huge benefit in those classes. And I myself, as a professional, attend classes not for moms or not for professionals, but for adults in which I just have my quiet and I decompress. And that's for me. That's for, for Carla, for my own time, for my own uh, performance, for my own fitness levels, for my own sanity, for my own mental health. So these are separate options. But spending time on your mat, sharing time on the yoga mat with your kid, it's something that is really unique. And it's really, 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 really priceless. And it's something I recommend everybody should try. And again, regardless of the level, but especially if you are a yoga beginner, that is a bonus class for you because you won't feel like you're a beginner. You'll just feel like you're enjoying yourself and your 30 to 45 minutes will just fly past as if they'd been partners. Yeah. And this is what I wanted to bring in, Carla, before we go. Um, you mentioned that you know, the word mental health and, and obviously this is a mental health podcast and we want to encourage people to do whatever they could do to improve their own mental and physical health, but essentially their lifestyle. You know, for 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 adults out there, you know, you mentioned about getting adults, adults involved as well. If somebody's not just ready to to join the class, you know, is it is it recommended just to get on YouTube, you know, put a search in, get into the bedroom, get a mat down or in, in the garden or whatever resources you have, and just give it a go as a starting point. Yes, why not? I mean, there's no, there's no obligation. Do whatever makes you happy. Do whatever suits you. So maybe going back to that child who's doing the artwork and it's just so small. Maybe that child has been practicing before showing something bigger in, in their classroom, you know. But maybe that child's been practicing at home. He's been doing his, his crayons. He's been trying out that crayon box that's pretty much dry because it's never been used in years. And before going to to the art lesson and actually presenting something that looks like a piece of artwork, if that makes you feel more comfortable, it's like, let me watch a tutorial, let me watch a video and let me learn what this is about. There is plenty on Instagram. There are so many channels these days, ranging from, again, basic beginners, uh, introductory level to more professional level, to more advanced, and also try different styles. I always recommend that people try different yoga styles because these days we have like an umbrella of about 25 to 30 styles. Try different teachers as well. Try different backgrounds, different training schools. Because there is nothing that's absolutely perfect and suitable to every single individual. That doesn't exist. That option is just not possible. I have a very close and dear friends of mine who would never practice in a group session. That is just like a big knob. 
because they've never done it in their childhood. And for them, it's something that takes them so far off the comfort zone. It's not even an option. The most part, people really don't care. They won't even notice. But the fear of judgment can put people off. And that's a shame. But if you have a space in your garden, you have a space in your bedroom, in your office, just get a yoga mat. You don't even need a yoga mat. You can just use a towel, a beach towel. It's fine. Just put a rug on the floor, switch on whichever YouTube channel for kids, maybe, so you get to explore what, what a kid's yoga um, session is about. That's totally fine for kids, for adults, for family yoga. I mean, you could just try anything, anytime. And that might actually intrigue you, prepare you, make you aware, give you some sort of background or some confidence and okay, I don't, don't want to show up and just look silly. You'll never look silly. It's fine. And for those kind of who are ready to take that leap and get into the class and do it in, in, in a group setting in front of you, how can they find you? Online at Move On Yoga on Instagram at Move On Yoga Dubai on Facebook. WhatsApp 971-55-207-2035. Website www.moveonyoga.com. That's lots of information that we can put on the show notes. Carla, before you go, um, what's next? Yoga trainings are coming back in person after almost a three-year gap since we had to transfer everything to the beauty of online platforms and, and got off uh, studios. So we're bringing yoga teacher trainings back in Dubai. So if you're around, if you're interested, just uh, drop me a WhatsApp and or go on my website and there's information there on kids yoga teacher trainings there's more coming to schools there's more coming on a creative side there's more coming to nurseries as well and very likely to come to abu dhabi where they are very thrilled to have us as well from the falls so watch in this space because we're getting busy and so happy as well and so excited to be Back in person, more festivals, more events. So we're getting the the movement um, back out there. So the mats are out on the on the on the on the ground, basically on the road. Yeah, it all sounds very exciting. Um, it's wonderful. I you know I completely love your idea. Um, I love to see students learn through play and through curiosity, as I've already said. And, and so well done to you. Well done to you. Carla Junior from Move On Yoga, all the best for everything you're doing and thank you so much for sharing your story and what you do with our audience today. Thank you so much, Kieran. Pleasure again. Thank you so much for having me.